Hey, everybody, you're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by ironcompany.com. So today we're here with personal trainer and fitness expert, Rich Salky. Welcome, Rich. Thank you. So uh, anybody that's listened to this podcast for a while, they've heard uh, Jim Steele make mention of Rich Salky. So uh, finally we said, well, let's get Rich Salky on and see what he knows and, uh, you know, check out his background and everything he's up to and get the whole history on, uh, on you two guys. Um, what I just recently learned is that you and Marty go back even further than, than you and Jim. So Correct. That is why don't, yeah, let's talk about that. How did you guys meet? Do you want to talk to me? Is that a question for Marty Gallagher live with Marty Gallagher? Yeah, that's yeah. Go <laughs> ahead, Marty. Uh, I have considered Rich an important personage in the fitness business for a long time. Uh, And the reason is is because, and again, it's Dr. Rich Salky. And the reason is, is is because Rich has been transforming humans since Jesus was a carpenter. I mean, it's been a lot lot of years and success. Success, success, success. Rich can get you results for the housewife that is 100 pounds overweight and has no fitness background. Uh, he can he can fine tune elite athletes. He's worked with elite bodybuilders. He himself has been high level bodybuilder. He walks the walk. He talks the talk. And again, he, he keeps his head down. He's one of these guys like myself. You don't hear a lot about him, but. This man has made his living changing bodies since when did you get started, Rich? 70s? Um, yeah, late 70s, Jim. Yeah, late 70s, Marty. Yeah. Late 70s. Uh, and, and again, uh, Rich has that, that hardcore bodybuilding background, like I have the hardcore powerlifting background. We met at, um, at Mark Chalet's. Mark Chalet's, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Of course, of course, of course. Well, how could yeah. we not, right? Yeah. I, me- I remember one time uh, I was at Mark's and I was leaning against the counter and Rich came in and uh, he stopped and was talking to Mark and he kept kind of glancing over at me and glancing over at me. Finally, he said, he looked at me, looked me up and down like I was a penthouse pet and he said, Marty, you bulked up so nicely. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> It was like one of the best compliments I ever got in my life. I, I stood back and I spread my arms and I said, thank you. Thank you. I said, coming from you, that means something. Yeah, that's right. He, Rich, Rich knew what he was looking at. So anyway, uh, and, and Jim, now again, in another very cool connection is Rich was actually taught by Jim's college professor father, right? Yeah, yeah a- that's that is correct. I, I took a I took a sports a graduate level sports psychology class with his dad, yeah. Doctor Steele. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So he, one of you now, you now then how did how did you guys get? Well, my dad my dad bottom. comes home one day, and he said, "Hey, you know, I got this bodybuilder guy in my in my class," and I was just <laughs> ninth grade, I think, maybe probably ninth or tenth grade. Yeah, and I was just getting into it, like obsessed with bodybuilding and lifting weights. And now I was painfully shy. I mean, 
Painter. So I said, really, really tell me about him. And he said, well, you, why don't you just give him a call? I got his number. He said, call him anytime. He doesn't care. It's, you know, just, just don't, don't hesitate. I said, oh my God, you know, I was so nervous, man. My heart was beating out of my chest. Huh. So, uh, and you know, I did, well, there was no internet to look up somebody. I was just, you know, my dad was like, yeah, he's like Mr. Everything. And you know, he's, you know, he's got these huge forearms and the, you know, veins and all this stuff. I was like, really, really? So anyway, so I got all my gumption up and I called Rich and I remember the conversation. I was, oh man, I was so nervous, but he was super cool. Sound a little um, ner- you sound a little nervous now, Jimmy. Yeah. I'm, excited. <laughs> I'm excited. I get fired up. You know, you know, I get fired up about the genesis of things yeah. and the mentors that, that change people's lives. And that, and Rich changed my life that night with that conversation. He doesn't know this. But, you know, I, I didn't know that. I did not know that. Until just yeah, so I was, I was like, well, what, you know, I'm because all I could, was reading was the dynamic muscle builder and the crash weight gain. And oh, yes. I was like, there's got to be a secret. There's got to be a secret. And Rich was like, yeah, no, you don't really need all those supplements because everybody back then was taking. Remember, you used to get them at Gold's, the huge yes. amount of pills, the horse yeah, pills. Yeah. You know? Yes, Jim. And I had been up to Gold's and I saw people taking them. And I said, what about those amino acid pills? And you were like, ah. You don't really need them. Why don't you eat some London broil instead? I remember <laughs> yeah, that. exactly. And you said, you know, the the filet mignon and all that, that's got a lot of fat. So we're going. And then back then it was a lot more emphasis on the lean stuff. So he said, you said the tougher to meet, the better it is. I said, okay. Right. And we talked about training. I said, heavyweights or or heavyweights and, and low reps or, or high reps and uh, lightweight. And you said, Heavyweights and high reps. That's what you said. <laughs> you're like, and I was like, now what? Now how wide are your feet when you squat and all that? And you were squatting with heels together. Yeah, yeah I was. You were, you duck squat. You were like Jimmy. You got to do those ducks. So yeah. I was taking notes, man. I was all excited. And then uh, a few years later, I was work. I was home from college, and I was working for uh, my uncle, actually, Dr. Kramer. Remember. Uh, Rich. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. And uh, in the equipment room, folding towels and stuff. And Rich was still a graduate assistant there. And I used to run into him and he'd have these IZOD shirts on with these forearms that made Menser look like, you know, little toothpicks, man. I was just like, man, look at it. I would, try, you know, I would try to, you know, I'd talk up a conversation and get it going and all that. But it was, uh, you know, Rich was easily the best bodybuilder in the Washington, Baltimore, that whole area. And uh, thank you, Jimmy. Thank you. That's you know, I mean, a great compliment. There was a lot of Rich. It's not a Jimmy. Rich is not a compliment. It's a fact. Rich, yeah, no Rich, Rich, what were some of your titles back then? Um, well, you know, I started I started in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in Connecticut. Whereabouts? Uh, whereabouts in Connecticut? Um, new, uh, on the sh- on the sh- eastern Connecticut, southeastern Connecticut shoreline. In a wow. little town called Waterford, which is adjacent to New London, Connecticut. Yep. And I, was in, I was in Milford for two years. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I got my start in a, uh, in the YM, actually, the, back in the day, in the 70s, there really weren't any gyms around. And it was the local YMCA. And I'm sure, Marty, you remember the name, but Carl Snitkin was. Uh, yeah, Carlton Snitkin. Yep. Yeah, he was a world champion. 242 pound class. I, eight, I was just going to say 242 pound class. Eight, eight, and was so Carl, 854 squat, 527 oh, okay. bench, and probably <laughs> about a 770 deadlift. 
That's amazing. You remember those stats, Marty? That's amazing. Anyways, that's why I got my start um, with uh, Carl Snitkin and his powerlifting crew. Uh, there was a guy named um, uh, Bruce. He was a, somewhat of a pseudo. I don't want to say he wasn't a competitive bodybuilder, so I don't want to say he's a pseudo bodybuilder, but just wanted to be a big guy. And I'm sure Jimmy, Marty, guys know it. a yeah. bunch of you guys just want to be the biggest guy in the gym and just couldn't deal with the um, idea of dieting and getting in great shape and competing because yeah. getting on a scale and losing a couple pounds to most of these folks would think that they were shrinking. Right. So therefore to them, there was a direct correlation between body weight and how big they were. Yeah. And so therefore, regardless of the quality of the muscle mass, or I should say, regardless of the quality of the, of the body weight, it was irrelevant to them because the fact is if the scales jumped up 10 or 15 pounds, then that translates in their mind to a increase in their, you know, uh, muscle mass. But right. in essence, a lot of times you're putting a lot of body fat with the lean body tissue that they were putting on. Yeah. So, so anyway, so that's why I got to start in London, Connecticut. Uh, basically, you know, you know, again, like you said, like Jimmy, I think it mentioned magazine, you know, there was muscular development. Yeah. yeah. There was uh, muscle and fitness. Right. Uh, that was about it. Uh, Strength and health also another Hoffman um, magazine, but there really wasn't much to draw on to really learn a whole lot other than getting to gym and just being wide eyed, keep your ears open and listen to see what's being done. So I was really weaned on, you know, heavyweights, heavy squats, deads, bench presses, presses, heavy barbell curls, that kind of thing. But it wasn't really until, um, and then through college, of course, I did, you know, training and that, but it really wasn't until I went into, into graduate school at Springfield College in Massachusetts, Springfield Mass, which I really attribute to being probably really laid the foundation foundation uh to my training right because i the went up there thinking yeah thinking i was a you know big guy on the block in london connecticut but i was a small pond with a lot of small fish <laughs> and when i went up there to uh actually central city gym in i think it was in the winter i was i was applying to graduate schools and i went to this gym that was a was a former gas station converted to a gym awesome now this was in the winter time awesome. with no heat yeah guys sounds, in there that sounds like where i'm that's where I, rich that sounds like where i'm training now yeah, yeah. ditto yeah in his in his training in gloves hats <laughs> yes. you know wool hats yeah. uh sweats it was but i'm gonna tell you something when i opened the doors i was basically almost blown back out of the doors by the level of intensity of the athletes in the gym training. Yeah, yeah. It was shocking to me to see human beings that size. I had never walked into a gym and see guys that are 5'9", you know, 260, 270 in lean. Yeah. I mean, Richie Roy, who was Mr. USA. Jeff King was there. Wow, Jeff uh, King too, huh? Um, yeah, oh yeah. Um, you better not say Artie, Tim. You better not Artie, say Artie. you, be, Rich. You better not say Tim Belknap. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no. it was just—it it, it was just 
it was just a, a stunning, I learned more in a year in Springfield than I think I'd learned in the previous 10 years. Wow. Rich, and it you, was only, you... it, it was on being around, you know, clinically, you couldn't put these guys on a scale right. of intelligence wise, but they, I really find like great athletes, they instinctively just knew what to do. Right. They knew their bodies, instinctively knew how to train, pushed like heavy iron all the time. I mean, that's like, and the gym was shitty. It was a horrible gym. Yeah. I started Rich Roy pull, doing pull downs and cable snaps, <laughs> hits himself in the head on the, with the pull, with the bar. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I swear he was like basically knocked out on the ground and gets up. And people say, you know, Richie, you got to get you to the hospital. He goes, no, I got to finish my sets. Yes. He had to finish his sets. I saw, Je I saw, I swear to you, Jeff King had over 600 pounds on front squatting. And the guy who was spotting him was looking around and wasn't paying attention. And on his last uh, a rep, he missed, fell forward, hit the power rack, ah. cut a, a gas across his forehead. Same thing. He gets up and says, load the barbell back up. Nice. We got to finish this set. Yeah. I was like, who are these human beings? So that, it was so just that. stunning. So that was and the so beginning of yeah. you saying, I want to do this. Yeah, like it, you had it. yeah. And it's just, you know, what's his name had said it a long time ago. Was it Don Ross? I think it was. I was out at the. Um, yeah. Ripper Savage. Yeah. I think I was out at, um, you know, the Arnold Classic. And he yeah. said, big difference between West Coast, East Coast bodybuilders are East Coast of blue collar, guy, blue collar kind of guys. Yeah. West Coast <laughs> of, you know, are, you know, uh, you know, frilly, you know, you know, grab a 20 pound dumbbell and do 20 rounds and look good at the beach kind of thing. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, the yeah. bodybuilders on the East Coast are just well, hardcore guys. I mean, sick and dense and sinewy. Just yeah. crazy, freaky well, amounts of muscle mass. My, Rich, my question is, did you primarily start powerlifting and build your foundation and switch over to bodybuilding, or was it yes. always bodybuilding? I, I, I never competed in powerlifting meets, but I was always big on just being a big, strong strength athlete. Right, yeah. okay. So you played it football wasn't, too, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it wasn't until, you know, I was always fascinated – you know, my bodybuilders kind of thing. And, and again, people always go, when is that defining moment for you? And for me, I was a, believe it or not, I was a sophomore in high school and I was in the library and my dad was always, always big on academics, academics, give me books, give me research material, whatever I needed to read. And I was a prolific reader as well, but uh, he was not about, he was not of the ilk of being a muscle head and right. training and weights and all. Yeah. And a guy said, kid sat down next to me in a library and he had these bodybuilding magazines. And I looked over, I go, what are these things? What do you, what do you got? And he goes, Rich, you want to take, you can take them home and read them. Well, I, I swear to you, I had a flashlight under the blankets in my house <laughs> when I was like 15 years old, reading bodybuilding magazines. <laughs> and I said, what planet are these guys from? Yeah. I said, I got to do this. So I begged my dad, begged my mother for Chris, wait for Christmas. So my dad goes, I'm not raising a muscle head. I'm not doing it. You can't get weights. Well, my mother, of course, caved, you know, made my dad cave in. And I tra started training in the basement, put the posters up on the wall. Yeah. And that's what, to me, that's how it started. 
it, it sounds very, very that was similar it. to yeah. our stories. And yeah. I felt, yeah, yep. and, and I never lost a sight of the fact of all my training, purposeful as it was, functional as it people call whatever say it is, but, for, you know, be a strength athlete, football player, track and field athlete, whatever, whatever the application I was using as an extension of the, my strength training, but never did it ever leave the back of my mind that at some point I'm going to be these bodybuilders. Right. I'm going to walk out there. I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be one of these big thick guys. Yeah. So um, I, one of my what? first contests, you know, my first contest I went to, I swear to you, it was the, um, uh, it was in Waterbury, Connecticut, uh, Mr. Atlantic States. And I think in the contest, in my class, there might have been, this is the day of the heyday of bodybuilding yeah. in, the early, uh, in the early 80s. Yeah. Um, but um, like, I think there might have been 17 guys in my class. Yeah. And, you know, I had my dad take photos of me. I was real proud of how, how good I looked and I was thinking I'm a stud type of thing. I finished last. Oh. I was, I was last in my class. Wow. And I'm going like, what? Wh what? So what, was, I, I what, did, what did so you need? What did you need more of? You just need to get bigger, right? You just need to get bigger. Yeah, yeah, bigger. Thing. I'm not sure how open the dialogue is with this conversation, how frank and candid you all speak oh, I, with the yeah. podcast. Other guys are using super supplements. Did I you talk you guys do address that issue, Jim? I mean, you yeah, know, we're not Yeah, we get into it once in a while, sure. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, again, Carl Snitkin, who not I didn't realized back in the day of being five seven you know like like you said marty 242 pound weight class you know he was obviously using a lot of supplementation to right. push those kind of poundages yeah. and he was the director of lifeguards at ocean beach park in new london and i was director of lifeguards at the harkness state park which was adjacent to ocean beach park and carl was walking down the beach one day and he goes, Rich, how you doing? I said, ah, I was in this contest, man. I finished last. He goes, what? He goes, I, I just finished last. It was horrible, horrible, horrible experience. And he goes, Rich, you have a piece of, you have a pen and a paper. I go, yeah, sure. And he <laughs> writes down a, a name and a phone number of a doctor in Massachusetts. Back in the day, again, understand, guys, this is in the 80s. Yeah. Th this, everything was legal, oh, right. you know, Doctors write scripts for you. You get them filled. I even had my insurance company pay for them back in the day. But um, I went up with a buddy of mine to see this doc up in uh, Eastern Massachusetts. And we sat down and talked to him. And I, he goes, what do you want? I said, well, I don't know. I feel kind of funny. But Carl Snickens set me up here. And he said, to talk to you. And you'd know what to do. And I want to be a, a, you know, a bodybuilder. So he started writing script after wow. script after script. <laughs> script after script after script. I thought his hand was going to fall off. Time so I took changed. those. I took those back home. I had him filled and started working out and started gaining, you know, lean tissue. Yeah. And it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, and referencing. Rich, Rich. Hey, Rich. One second. So, at what point did you go from? So you went to Springfield for undergrad. Yeah, no, graduate school, master's degree. Oh, you went to Central Connecticut for undergrad. Yes, and, undergrad. And, and and then at what point did you go from Springfield to Maryland? I was, okay. Uh, I went right from Springfield to Maryland. Okay. I finished my master's that spring. I applied for the 
doctoral program at oh, okay. uh, University of Maryland. Got it. Got and it. so when I finished in May, uh, I moved down to Maryland in August and started that fall. Wow. So there was only several months off between Springfield and, and, and College Park. Now, me. Marty, did, did you guys, were you at Gold's Wheaton at the same time or was? Yeah, I would go to, uh, when they opened that little Gold's gym in, where was it, Glenmont? That was uh, uh, less than two miles from my house. So I'd go over there. And... Oh, really? Was it, was it really, Marty? I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd go over yeah, there Rich, and yeah, Rich mess around. With the the Miller brothers and their dad yeah, and all yeah, that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So actually, that's where I broke my leg. That's where I had my I, I, in 1983. I snapped my lower left leg. I was uh, having a light day. I was only squatting 700 with no gear, and it slipped <laughs> off my back. Right. I, used, I didn't know that, Marty. Yeah, sweaty. I was sweaty, and I had the guy who had spotting me. He, actually, I had nobody spotting me. If I had been by myself, I just would have tossed it, right? Yeah, he, exactly. He came over and grabbed me from behind, and we both okay. went down. When we both oh went my down. God, Marty. So that was the end of my... And that was... Um, I was in July. No, that was in uh, May of 83. I was scheduled to go to the Nationals that year. I'd squatted 840. The oh, week wow. I'd squatted 840 the week before. At what body weight, Marty? I was 250. I was going to compete. Okay. The, the world record at the time was Danny Wobler, 871. I was going to take a shot at the world record. Shit, Marty. Wow. Yeah, well, all that went out the window. And yeah, but then you came uh, back and won like six worlds. Ten, no, that was as a master lifter 10 years yeah, I know later. Still, well, yeah, still. yeah, yeah. 10 years later, I won six six national masters. And I won the IPF. Oh, world. wow. Took yeah. second Marty, what you, did you break your tibia or fibula or both? Lower lower leg snapped it, compound fraction. Okay, okay. okay. And they plated it up. Uh, and then I tell you, yeah, that, uh, yeah. I came back in uh, eighty in eighty three. I squatted eight hundred. Uh, oh no, ninety three. I squatted eight hundred when I was forty three. Wow. Damn. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I, I may have asked you this before, but was there a mental barrier getting back to that and going heavy again? Like you always have that in the back of your mind. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, that's yeah, that'd why be I, hard to get over. Yeah. And, and again, I thought I was being conservative with you by, by staying in the, you know, 700s. Right. That was, right. that was okay. That was light. Right. Right. But uh, no more 800s, but eventually you get over that. But Rich, let's spin back to you now. So what, when did you make the break? I mean, you, did, you, did you do the Grand Prix circuit? I can't remember. That was around back then. Um, no, I think that mine, I think I preceded the, the uh, yeah. Grand Prix circuit. Yeah, yeah. So, so when did you get real traction in the D.C. area in terms of your bodybuilding? Because, I mean, uh, again, you, you seem to drop out of nowhere and kind yeah. of take, take over. I, well, because I came down from, you know, I in Connecticut after I had that, uh, uh, you know, consult with Carl Snicker, mm -hmm. you want to call it that quotations consult, and so this doc up in eastern Massachusetts, you know, I was always a big, thick guy naturally. So to me, the big, thick guys naturally, the guys that end up becoming the bigger, the best bodybuilders. Yeah. So I already had a foundation of training for probably, um, I started at 15. So at this point I was what probably in mid twenties. So I had already been training for probably eight, eight, 10 years, solid training 
with nothing. So now to start using supplementation, I started making my first cycle gain like 37 pounds. Yes. And could you, could you be just, little, could um, you, Rich, could you be a little more specific? 30, what do you mean? 37, not 36, not oh, 38, right, yeah, yeah, 37. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You know, the number sticks in my head. Yeah. So I remember getting on a scale thinking like, did this actually- one of the greatest- Because I, I was one of the, struggling to put weight on. It was one, Rich, of, one, of, that, one of the greatest days of your <laughs> life, right? Rich, yeah. from- from the from the from the first show you did now the first show you did how long had you been training before you did your first show the one i was doing it did in connecticut when i was 17th yeah when you got last right yeah when i got last place yeah that was i'd probably been training like bodybuilding wise maybe again remember strength training i did for a long time but then yeah. bodybuilding training i think i did like a year training bodybuilding training but it, so you were what age 17 18 no, my age was no. I was like twenty-two at that time. Oh, you were twenty-two at that time for your yeah, first bodybuilding show. I had show. gone through college and finished every at everything at that point. All right. Yes. So, so you you come in dead last on that one on your first show. Yeah. Yes. So you right. go to you go to talk to the doc. So then yeah. he sets you up. So how long between your first show and your second show after you had gone and and moved and talked to the doctor and done all that stuff? A year. Okay, so how did you do it? How did you do it that one? Um, at that point, I started to make not to make a big deal about it, but then at that point, I started winning most of all my contests I competed in. Yeah, yeah. So, so that first, that, Mr. That Mr. first Mr. year, all right, all right. Mr. I went Mr. Connecticut, Mr. New England, Mr. East Coast, mm. uh, Mr. Atlantic States. Um, uh, Colonial Mr. America, all those contests. Wow. I did all those Rich, contests within a year after that. Rich, when at your peak, what do you what, what do you consider your peak? Uh, what was your body weight? What do you your body? Probably, I would say my best conditioning was at the Pan American Bodybuilding Championships in uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico. I weighed in. I was again five about five nine five eight or so and i weighed in at about two i think i was 230 something which was huge and, back then that was, yeah that was <clears throat> again yeah that was always i always aired and i always think about this i think about it once you know it, it always comes to me the fact that i always aired on the side of conservative i just was not someone who was going to take buckets of supplements and thinking you know, that's the answer. I just, um, I just didn't think um, I, I would do that. So what was your off season? What was your off, Rich, what was your off season weight coming down to that 230? Uh, oh, my off season weight, uh, 260, 265. Probably packing even at 265, probably what? 11, 12% body fat, maybe? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Exa yeah, yeah, about 10%, 10, 11% at the moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're 5'7"? No, 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, five, yeah, yeah, 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I was underwater weight before, like, the a lot of the cars, which is the gold standard for percent body fat. I was, like, I was below 2%. One quick second. I remember one time Rich told me... Uh, I don't know. It was, he was preparing for some competition and we were in marks and he was sitting down. 
He said, Marty, when my body fat gets really, really low, it hurts me to walk on my feet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and, you know, they, they give credit to me. I always believe, you know, no one, you know, walks this walk by themselves. There's a lot of help that you have. I've, I had some extraordinary training partners, but but getting back to the whole thing, because you brought up Mark Chalet's name, Mark Chalet was, he was an extraordinary human being. First of all, I, I don't, I mean, other than I knew, again, knowing Carl Snitkin as a world champion, but Mark was just, he was a beast among beasts. <laughs> his, his forearm, his wrists, his elbow, his joints. How about, his, his, how about, his, how about his shoulder width? Yeah, I, look at his elbows, look at his wrists, look at his shoulders. Biggest his hands I've ever seen in a man that height. His vertebrae had to be like gorilla vertebrae. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, his hips, his pelvic structure. The man was a, just a beast. But you don't want to know something though? He just knew, he knew, he knew everything. And I one time second guessed him. And when I second guessed him, I actually ended up going to the hospital at GW because I Aaron, I, I said, you know what? I know more than Mark knows. I didn't know more than I'm the first one to admit when you make mistakes. Yeah. Admit that you make a mistake. You just own up to it. Made a mistake. He was right. He he had given me a bottle. It looked like an alcohol bottle with a syringe top on it, with a rubber stopper on it. And he had a yeah, I swear to you, I can't make this stuff up. He had a skull and crossbones on it. And I go, what is this? What is this, Mark? He goes, Rich, just tr just trust me. And just take this. I want you to take 10 cc's of this. It was like water bait. I want you to take 10 cc's like Friday night, Saturday morning. I go, are you sure, Mark? He goes, yeah. So I was like shredded, ripped, filled out. Well, then in the next contest, I go, you know what? I don't think I need to take that much. I think I'm just going to cut that back to half. Well, ended up, you know, ended up getting it, going to the hospital. I was dehydrated between prejudging and finals. Had an IV drip put in. Went back for the finals after, believe it or not, after that kind of thing. But my form and conditioning was knowing what it should have been because I thought I was a smart ass yeah. and knew more than Mark did. Right. Mark was a brainiac. He knew, he knew strength training. He knew chemistry. He knew what it took to get to where you needed to be. But, and I'm but did you, was, did you ever generous. find, sorry, did you ever find out what was in that bottle? No. No, he never told me. He never told me. Uh, hey, hey, that's the mindset, isn't it? Isn't that the mindset? I don't care. Oh that's my god! But you don't know. No, but also, you have to trust people, and I yeah. trusted Mark. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I, you know, I, I just trust him. I, sometimes I'm, I think I'm overly naive sometimes with, with folks, and I, I'm an optimist, so I generally don't think someone's going to try to deceive me and cheat me. So, which has cost me probably, you know, at the end of the day, but. Rich is always a straight up honest guy. And I, I rely rely on that mentality kind of thing. So, you know, Mark took care of me. He like sponsored me for some contests. He gave me dough, gave me some money, took care of, took care of my supplements for me. He was a great guy. And like, I was just a guy who dropped in one day to see him, to, to chat with him. And he just befriended me. He was just yeah. like a cool guy. And yeah. he asked, and he, he asked for nothing back from me. Well, he well he uh, said, once asked Sonny Barger, the president of the Hell's Angels, I said, "How do you select Hell's Angels?" He said, 
we don't select them, we recognize them. Huh. huh. So that, well, that's, what, yeah. that's what happened. You, when, as soon as Rich walked in, Mark recognized Rich. That's all. Yeah. And you immediately taken into the tribe. Some guys never get into the tribe. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Marty, that's a good point. I, I like the way you phrase that, like the way you put that together. Yeah, that well, is a really you. good point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you always say, is he one of us or not? Is he one of us? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Nah, he's not one of us. Yeah. And, he never will. and he never will be. Yeah, yeah, that kind of and stuff. You, and you know, it's funny. I always walked around. I think mostly you, you because we strive to, I'm talking about the competitive bodybuilders now, you always look in the mirror. And, and again, it's something that's recognized now with psychology is this reverse anorexia thing. I looked in the mirror and always saw a small guy. Yeah. And when I people would too. actually say to me, Rich, you like to one of the biggest guys I ever saw. I go, who are you talking about? What are you, what are you kidding me? <laughs> Just kind of, I'm, I'm no, I'm not. I said, no, the Mike Antorinos and the Jeff Kings and the, these guys are like huge guys. Yeah. No, but you're like right, right up there with those guys. Yeah, like, what? Yeah. So, so well, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a class. Rich, it's a class. It's a Rich. Rich, it's it's the classical underconfident overachiever. Yeah, yeah I guess. I guess. Well, but I, I mean, but we're, 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 we're at the same time, we're, we're never satisfied. We're, we're never no. complacent, which keeps us going and achieving a, a better and better physique. For sure. You know? For sure. I guess. And like you said, I guess Mark just recognized that. I mean, I just dropped in, you know, a guy off the street to chat with Mark. I think it was, I, I, you know, somebody, I don't know who told me about Mark, but anyway, I just looked it up on it. Again, that was day before GPS, day before, I mean, years before internet and whatever. Oh, yeah, he's in Temple Hills and he's in his gym. And I mean, I drove down and going like, what? I thought I'd get stabbed getting out of the car down that neighborhood. <laughs> where he yeah, was. that's right, Barry. And you, and you know, Marty, you know what I'm talking about, the neighborhood where Mark's gym was? Oh, yeah. And what it means to me, like, he pulled stuff off under his counter. He'd well, be talking to me about this, that. Uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Stop, and I was stop. like, you're, what? You're going down the black hole. Now, listen, we got to shift gears here just a little bit because, Rich, you have we, you are the master of transformational fitness. Yes. You, are the, you are the guy who can help every man. And your, your advice, which I have gotten secondhand from Jim for 10 years, like, like Jim will say, I talked to Rich and he told me this, right? So I yeah. did. I get your advice secondhand from him. And it's, it's so common sense and so sparse and so stripped of yeah. extraneous non. Correct. Yeah. And it's just. It, and no fluff. It, no yeah, fluff. No fluff. And so could you share with us some of that stuff? In other words, you know, most of, our most of our listeners are not champions. Correct. They're average people. They're average people. They're average people looking to up their game. Yeah. And, and what we tell them is that, you know, it really comes down to four generalized area. You have, to ahead, have yeah. a, you have to have a resistance training element. You have to have a nutritional element. You have yep. to have a cardio element and you have to have a psychological element, right? The four interrelated I would disciplines in order I, to, I, to, to morph the human body. We're trying to do something I, you know, really. I don't, I don't mean to, I don't mean to, to criticize, but just to extrapolate 
from what you're saying, Marty, but to me, the underlying factor at the end of the day, um, which to me usurps everything is your, and I say it hesitantly because I don't want to discourage people, but at the end of the day, you have to pick your, the correct parents. And, you know, we can talk about Patrick Mahomes, look at his dad was a pitcher and, you know, a great athlete. So certain Patrick Mahomes is going to be a great athlete. Yeah. Same with the body. I know my mother and my grandmother would hate to hear this, but I come from Sicilian stock and they were big women. Yeah. You know, they were big muscular women. I, I had no choice but be any but muscular. It was in my genes to be muscular. No, no I, I, but I that, that point, rich, though, rich, yeah, rich, 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 rich. So, no matter no matter how deep a hole a person's standing in, you can improve them. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that's not true. Correct, correct. But I, again, as you said, and I've trained both men and women over the for decades now, is that you know people think and they look at these magazines and think, well, you, Rich, I want to train be fit. But you, but I don't want to be, I don't want to get, you know, that big. You say, don't worry, you won't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. What, what, what possessed you? Where in your mindset did you ever develop the sense that you might get that? That's like me reading a golf magazine and thinking, if I play golf, I'll be as good as Tiger Woods. Right. Or if I read a track and field magazine and I go start running, you know, 100, 100, 100 meter sprints, you know, I'm going to be, you know, the best sprinter in the world, Usain Bolt. So why would you look at a magazine with bodybuilders on and say, well, I, I don't want to, you know, train hard enough because I don't want to be that big. Well, let's skip, let's so skip, to me, past, let's to skip me, past, past them. Let's skip past them. We're not, we're not too concerned okay, about okay, that. So what we're talking please. about is just a normal person comes to you and says, I need some help. Yeah. What do you do? Okay, that's real simple. Again, very simple. I go through with them, uh, looking at the size, doing assessments, the percent body fat. Rich, when you do body fat percentile in 2021, are you still using the calipers or do you have some sort of electronic? Or... You, you know, no, I'm old school. I'm old, unless, I had, unless I had the University of Maryland kinesiology department. And I get underwater away somebody, and I use skinfold calipers. Right. And so, even, even though using skinfold calipers, people go poo poo the whole thing type of thing. Again, I with, with was with a guy up in at Springfield who's doing his masters from the U.S. Army, and he did a correlation between skinfold caliper um, visual estimation versus skinfold skinfold calipers versus photographs, and and then actually underwater weighing these folks to see what their body fat was. And he found that people that use skinfold calipers all the time are extremely accurate. It's so someone who's mm -hmm. not real accurate, who's right. using skinfold calipers, who the percentage of error will probably be way off. Yeah. So, 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 I, so I started using skinfold calipers. And actually, Marty, to be honest with you, it's only for me to get a, gen a general idea now visually I yeah. can look at most folks and yeah. tell you what your body fat is. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. And, I, and I go with them, uh, as just saying, Marty, a, a very good point. You need a, a good resistance program. You should always work the overload principle, whether it be increasing weight, increasing reps, increasing sets, increasing exercises, 
you know, decreasing rest intervals, however you want to design your protocol to build muscle mass. Uh, and you will, whoever brought, I think, yeah, Jimmy brought it up about the idea of uh, supplements. I was never a supplement guy. Supplements are, are trash. You know, way way got started because some, and again, I, I regret the fact that I wasn't one of those smart guys who realized that when they were making these milk products and separating whey and throwing it away, someone said, hey, you know what? We could take that whey, dry it, dehydrate it, make an anhydrous product now and sell this as a, as a protein supplement. Whey's horrible. It's ridiculously horrible. Is it? It, it has a very poor... Uh, absorption rate through the intestine. Why does it cause people such metabolic and bowel GI distress? Because it's not being absorbed. It's staying in small intestine. It's fermenting in your in your small intestine. You're kicking out through your large intestine, and you have all these problems. And people are saying, "Oh yeah, that's why you got big because you're taking. You need to take these protein supplements." Rich, I've always um, heard that the the whey was the most uh, absorbed protein compared to eggs and, and red meat, no. chicken, whatever. Incorrect. That's incorrect. And I'll stand on the research for that. I love it. I love it. If you, ta- if you take, and again, it, it, again, this is a very literal um, definition for, for me, though. Take a scoop of human tissue and then take an egg. Homogenize both of them, spin them, spin them down, and now look at the profile of amino acids percentage amounts and compare them to human tissue nearly identical mm. nearly identical look at what it's trash it's garbage casein garbage is people just they got the wrong answer i don't know who told them again <laughs> again the bodybuilder who's holding up the can i got 22 inch arms and i take the supplements so everybody else goes and buys it no, marty, to- marty told marty's the one that told me to use whey so you know it- Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you like? Where no, do I, I come on? <laughs> no, I'm kidding, but I want to know. I want to know what, what Rich is. Okay, so if Way's out of the picture, Rich, what is the best protein that's most easily absorbed? Is it egg white? Regular, egg, regular, egg regular white, food. Egg, egg protein. Well, first off, first off, even if you if if you're going to a supplement, then yes, egg for 100 percent egg protein. But as Jimmy knows, and Jimmy will tell you this, and Jimmy will probably he would swear on a stone on this kind of thing, but Rich has always advocated real food. Yeah, I'm a yeah. whole food guy. Beef. You're not gonna, you're not gonna tell me a piece of London broil, lean tissue, grill it, right. slice it, eat that, and you're not gonna uh, tell me a scoop of protein powder is gonna compare to that. Yeah, just, but you know, I've been thing- doing that for. We've all been doing that for 30, 40 years, you know, and I don't have time to eat, you know, every two or three hours or time to cook the food. I don't even want to eat that much. So I figure, you know, I kind of, I kind of, you know, do a a couple of scoops of protein, two hours, three hours later, I'll eat a meal. I kind of, you know, mix it up like that. So I'm not eating every single meal. Okay. So my advice then is... You know, do something again. My I advocate, um, you know, 100% egg protein. Give it to them, Rich. Give, give it to them with both barrels, baby. And then put in, uh, you want to throw some MCT oil in there with it? Throw a tablespoon of MCT oil. It's yeah. a medium, medium chain triglycerides absorbed like a carbohydrate. Yep. It's taken up quickly, uses an energy source, 
helps yeah. you power you through your workout. It's good for your connective tissue. That's the route I would go if you ask me about supplements. May, may, yeah, I, may, so. may I mention one time Jim called me and he was, you know, he, he, he let me enter the, your procedure with the photos and all that. And yeah. he said, he said, uh, I said, I'm a little behind. Rich says we have to go full Tim Belknap. That's right. <laughs> I remember the day. I remember the day. So I was like five, five weeks out and it was a rush job. So man, I don't have much patience. You know, I want to do everything yeah. quickly, but this was a real, I had seven weeks to get ready for the show. So I dieted with my beef and sweet potatoes. What, what were you weighing going into it, Jimmy? Probably 240, 237. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah, what, yeah did, what, what did you end up on stage? 208, I think, 208. Yeah, 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 yeah Jimmy. Um, and it wasn't my best shape and all that stuff, but I was doing it for, you know, my sister and all this stuff. It was sick. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy. Uh, so I'm five weeks out. I said, Rich, man, look at these pictures, man. I, so it, the deal, every Friday I would send Rich pictures and I would be done with my workout. I'd take pictures, then I'd get on the exercise bike. I'd say, I'd send Rich the pictures and I would look at my phone waiting for his response. Because if he said, ah, no, it, 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 would, it all depended if I could have a cheat day, if I looked good. So yeah. I would sit there and I would, Rich would say, oh, Jimmy, you look great. Your waist looks better, da, da, da. And then that'd be it. And I'd say, all right, now I'm going to text him. Can I have a cheat meal tonight? <laughs> and then I'd wait. Yeah. And then it would say, he'd say yes or no, no, Jimmy, you're five weeks out, no more. Usually from five weeks out, we didn't. But anyway, yeah. that, was, that was the Friday. Um, I would just wait for Rich. But anyway, so I called him. I said, Rich, I, I'm not looking good. The fat, I'm not losing the fat. He said, it's Tim Belknap time. And I yeah. said, what do you mean? He said, tuna and water, Jimmy, tuna and water. Tuna and water. And he said, you can have as many. So Rich gave me this idea that, when you get in this severe dieting stuff, uh, you sort of cr crave crunchy things. So Rich always ate raw cabbage. People think it's gross, but I loved it. Raw cabbage, yeah, yeah. seasoned salt on it, some vinegar, right? So yeah, he said, yeah, eat correct. as much cabbage as you want, but you can have three water pack cans of tuna a day. So I think he's talking about the, the little cans. So I didn't, I never questioned Rich. I never. I'm yeah. Just, yeah. So I went and got the little pants. They're like 600 calories a piece. You mean the uh, little pop top ones? The tiny, not that tiny, but the next one up. Big yeah. Six, and, and, half, six like, and a half ounces. Dude, I was three days in and I, I literally thought I was going to die. I was like, but I, you know, I wasn't going to complain. No way was I going to complain. Yeah. You were on half rations. And then I said, yeah. And then I, I, I got up my gumption just to ask Rich. Cause I didn't want to think I was questioning him. I said, Rich, you're, you're talking about the, the six-ounce cans, right? And he said, you've been eating the six-ounce cans? I said, no, Jimmy, no, no. Get the big cans of albacore. Get the big yeah. – so it's really only another 500 calories, but when you're that right. hungry, that makes That's, a big difference. It does, though. Like, yes. It does make a difference. It was like birthday cake. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I made it to the show. Rich really? got me in shape. And, and every contest I've done, we've, we've done the same procedure. I'll, I'll be like uh, – I'll find a show and I'll say, yeah, you know, Rich, four months away, there's a show in, uh, you know, whatever. And go, hey, that's interesting. And I'll go, I'm not saying I'm doing it. I'm not you saying do, I'm do doing that, it. Yeah, I said, I'm not saying I'm doing do it. If I say, if I, I say I'm going to do it, I won't do it. But if I keep it in, I'll do it. You I know this. do that, Jimmy. Yes. And Rich knows this too. And he'll go, ah, that'd be, you know, be interesting or whatever. And I said, okay, yeah. I'll get back to you. Then I wait till around, you know, 10 weeks out and I'll, I'll say, you know, there, there is that show, you know, and 
you should do it. You should do it, Jimmy. You should do it. And then I start, and then I don't get I don't get back to them until around eight weeks out, and then I'll say, yeah, eight weeks out. What do you think? That that's sort of how it goes. Yeah, uh, Jim. Exactly, Jim. Is is Rich just advising you on the uh, the the nutrition and the dieting, or is he? kind of guiding you on the amount of cardio that you need and, yeah, cardio and other for stuff sure. too. I yeah. think after my first- Oh yeah, the shows, cardio for sure as well, yeah. Yeah, after my, the first time I went down there, I he had a gym in Georgetown and they're great lighting. Remember that lighting you'd stand Yeah, right yeah, Jim. And he'd say, okay, Jimmy, here's what you need. Tons of cardio. You're just too big, you know? So, yeah. so he said, the training's good, you know, and I would ask Rich's philosophy. He was a big Dorian Yates fan, a lot of high intensity. Yeah, fans. yeah, exactly. Um, and so I incorporate a lot of that. Um, and then I think he would say, well, we got we to gotta bump the cardio up. And so I would start off with one session in the morning and then one session in the morning at night. And then I'd go morning, noon and night. And he was always a big believer. As soon as your metabolism starts to slow down a little bit, hit it with some more cardio. And then it's like slow down again, hit it with some more cardio. So it's always off balance and you're burned. The more frequent. No, time out. But you mean during the day? Yeah, during the day. Yeah. So in, the in, day. Other, in, in other words, uh, you feel sluggish. You do your morning cardio. You do your, uh, your, fat, your fasted cardio. You get right. that out of the way. But then uh, 1130 in the afternoon, you're feeling like you're dragging a little bit. Go do some cardio. Yeah. Yes. So usually okay. I train, I train at 11 at 11 45. I'd be on the bike for 30 or 45 minutes. And the nighttime one is the one where, you know, at night you, you just want to just, is that, is that after, your, is that after your last start of the day? Rich? Yeah, I won't eat after that. I won't eat no. after the okay. cardio because you want to wake up in the morning without all that water and all that stuff. Cause you want to look good in a fat, in a fasted state. Correct. Yeah. And you, yeah. you get off the bike and you go look at yourself and you get weighed and, and you say, okay, well, I look better. Or I don't look better. But the, the thing is, is, you know, I was, I remember the first time I went, I was like, Rich, he's like, what's your diet like, Jimmy? And I was eating high protein, but I wasn't worried about the types of fat that I was getting. And so he was, I was like, well, I usually have a big salad at lunch. So what do you put on that salad? I said, ranch, I said, ranch dressing. <laughs> blue cheese, <laughs> blue cheese dressing. <laughs> uh, Rich goes, oh no, no, no. oh no. <laughs> I don't want that kind of crappy fat. That's waste, Jimmy. That's wasted fat. That's waste. We yeah. Better, better than that. MCTs, beef, you know, so it gets your head right. But, you know, Rich is a hardcore dude, man. I mean, we right. get along because he never lies to me and he shoots me straight. You look like crap or you look great. Make sure you do this. You know, uh, if you don't, you're going to, you know, it's, it's a very, it's, it's, and it's cut and dry. You know, it's like, you need this to get here. And that's what I like. That's what I like. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Clean, clean advice. Clean advice. Expert use of regular food. Yeah. Cardio. Yes. Uh, you switched up his lifting or let, left that to him? He's an expert trainer. Do you let, let him? I mean, what do you do? Uh, more high? Any, no. Any, yeah. No, no. To answer your question real quick, I always get the same, same, the same question all the time decades people think as you approach a contest you need to reduce your resistance and up your reps for some reason they make the connection that higher reps and lower weights is going to be the reason that's going to result in better conditioning right. it's not it's just going to result in stringier yeah. smaller muscles yeah and my 
go to that is look at your 800 meter, 1500 meter, uh, two, 3,000 meter athletes. They overtrain yeah. their muscles. They have no intramuscular fat. If you have no intramuscular fat, you have stringy muscles now. Bodybuilders have big round muscles because they have intramuscular fat within the muscle fibers. Mm. And that gives that roundness and fullness to the muscle. You need to rely on conditioning to get your percent body fat down to reduce that subcutaneous fat level. You right. don't want to bother. You don't want to, like when you cook a grill a steak in your oven or in a frying pan, what comes out of that? If you cut, cut off all the, first of all, cut off all the visible fats. And yet when you fry a piece of steak in a, in a frying pan, you all of a sudden have fat in the frying pan. What is that? That's intramuscular fat. Right. You want to maintain intramuscular fat. That gives a roundness, fullness to your muscles, to the muscle bellies. And if the first thing, when you start training and overtraining, the first place that comes from, the energy sources are going to come from, besides short-term carbohydrates, uh, glycogen in a muscle, is going to now be intramuscular fat. So you end up with a stringy, small physique. Yeah. So you don't want to do that. So Rich, you being... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so anyway, so you want to... You want to make sure that you maintain, to me, if I started dropping, if the resistance is the resistance that I'm using, you know, incline presses, dumbbell presses, squats, my deads, my bent over rows, if I'm getting weaker, there's a direct correlation between muscle mass yeah. and the amount of weight you can move. Strength. That's why this right. weight class is in powerlifting. The right. bigger you are, the more weight you can move. So my weights that I'm lifting is going down. The take-home message has to be, the connotation is, I must be getting smaller. I have to be getting smaller because why can't I now exert the same force of contraction against the resistance I'm placing on this muscle that I'm using? Well, it's because they're smaller. So you need to maintain that muscle mass. The only way to maintain that muscle mass is with heavy weights, uh, right to muscle fatigue, try to get as many muscle fibers recruited as possible and then call it a day. But this, this mentality of, and I, and I would use this all the time, even in the classes when I taught in Maryland, how many times have you all gone into the gym and you see people holding a set of dumbbells in their hands? And then they're doing side bends. And if you ask them, you go up to them and say to them, what are you doing? And they're going to tell you, I'm reducing my waistline. I said, yeah, but you have, you're holding dumbbells in your hand. They go, <laughs> yeah. Now you take those same dumbbells, you start doing curls. It's, it's going to build your biceps up, right? Ah, okay. So it builds your biceps up. We get the same dumbbells. I said, are those magical dumbbells? Or is there a button on those dumbbells that I don't know of? Because now that you flip the switch on those dumbbells, it's now going to make your obliques smaller. It's going to build your obliques up. It's going to build muscle mass there. Weight training only does one thing. It, well, two things. Makes you stronger, builds muscle mass. There's no evidence, research evidence, that shows, scientific evidence shows, Lifting weights reduces fat. No, nope. it doesn't. No, nope. it doesn't. Nope. So people that do these side bends, I look at them. My first reaction is, you guys are just stupid. 
You're like stupid human beings. Well, you're yeah, doing, right. you're using the same dumbbells to do side bends because you want to reduce your obliques, your waistline, and then you use the same dumbbells to do bicep curls, tricep kickbacks, whatever. So, and when I, and so I, Rich, I, I got tired, I got tired of telling people this because you know people look at me like, "Oh, what do you know? What are you, Mister Know It All?" I go, "Oh." Okay, pardon me. Keep well, take, your side bends. Uh, take, 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 take a damn look at me. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, just, yeah. that's, that's my business card. Right, right. And I also pride myself on the fact of my degrees, my work in muscle physiology, all endocrine, endocrinology, what, biochemistry, what have you, for the fact that people also suffer from the stigma that they believe there's an inverse relationship between muscle mass and brain size. And I, I go, so the bigger I am, the less bright I am. I can't yeah, tell you how many times I have run into individuals, even at the University of Maryland, Jimmy. Yeah. I have run into other graduate students and even professors there when I speak and talk to them because I pride myself on being articulate and knowing what <laughs> I'm talking about. And they actually say to me, Rich, I'm surprised how well you speak. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I go, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, you're insulting me. I know. Do you I understand know. you're insulting me? It's, and it's, I look at them and go, you just insulted me. Oh, no, no, Rich, I complimented you. No, you did not. Yeah. I said, you assumed by this body that I'm carrying around, this muscle mass I'm carrying around, I must have a pea-sized brain because <laughs> you couldn't possibly have muscle mass and have a big brain. It's, I it's go, you know what? I'm gonna brush, I'm gonna break that stigma. So I take pride in the fact that I was not only just a body, a very good competitive body, successful bodybuilder, but I was also a brainiac. I was a smart guy. I would walk around and I want to be a good spokesperson for my my sport. That if you want to talk to me, ask me questions, I'll talk to you about bioavailability, I'll talk to you about amino acids, I'll talk to you about why do you drink coffee prior to doing exercise. Cardio exercise, why it blocks a rate limiting enzyme of glycolysis, phosphodiesterase. Look at the cycle of glycolysis. That's why you drink coffee before that. It mobilizes free fatty acids. D does everyone need to know that? No. But I do want to know that. And I do, and I do know I have a depth of information that's beyond the scope of most folks. Yet when they would see me as when I was married, I was walking around in a grocery store in Massachusetts and I looked over and I see my wife chasing two women out of the out of the grocery store and I'm going like what is she doing and I go I run out and go Terry what are you doing she goes Rich I had it these women are walking around talking about how big and stupid you are <laughs> and they just go on how stupid this guy must be look how big he is he's got to be an idiot what's how stupid <laughs> she just chased him out of the store was yelling and screaming at him do you know this guy's got his PhD and he's a bright guy and rah, rah, rah type of thing. But you face that. I face that stigma all the time. Yeah. Rich, even, rich, even rich, Maryland, rich, 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 yeah. rich. It's muscular racism. It is. You know, that's a good phrase. Marty comes up with some good stuff, man. Yeah. Marty, you about, about, Marty that is a great line. Rich. Of course. Marty, Rich. that is an unbelievably great line. Well, yeah, that's why they had me on the show. That's what says "Raw with Marty with Marty Gallagher." Yeah, that's right. Rich, let me ask you something about training philosophy. Now, you're uh, a fan of Dorian Yates. 
Does that yes. mean I would assume that you're you're of the minimalist training mind versus yes. a, a volume training, right? Yes. Even down getting towards the uh, the contest and all that, we're still doing like a minimalist. We're going heavy as we yes. can safely. Um, what? So talk about uh, talk about sets and reps real quick it, that you can, you can I can I can I jump in just for a second? Yeah, Rich, please do. Rich, we're gonna I'm gonna t talk to you. We're gonna we're gonna talk as old timers. I think I think Dorian was so important because. He really, I mean, if, if you really look at it, it really wasn't Arthur Jones's one set to failure plus four straps and negative. It really was powerlifting with four straps. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. You know, I mean, you, you don't walk into the gym and load up the uh, 495 and do your top set of squats. No, you got to do 135, 225, 215, 365. Well, Correct. That, that ain't one set to failure with four straps and negatives. That's powerlifting with your training partner stepping in at the end and giving you a couple extra. Right. And it's yeah. the same philosophy yeah. with your assistant's work. You use and, the same philosophy with your assistants. And yeah. gaps between right, day, right, days, right. you know, and it, it really, it, Dorian was important because he gave bodybuilders mm -hmm. permission right. to, 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 to get away from the six day a week double split 25 hours a week in the gym flogging a muscle to death yes. shoot it shoot it once through the heart and be done with it and move on <laughs> that's right then start the recovery yes. process that's right right yeah yeah right yeah. and then we have time to do the the cardio then we you know we, we're not spending all these countless hours doing tricep kickbacks for five yes. sets five sets of eight or whatever and doing you know uh, you know, I, I, I counted up Schwarzenegger's total sets at his peak. He was doing over 700 sets a week, Rich. Wow. You know, when he used to do that. I didn't realize that. Split yeah. Seven days a week. It's, it's, in, um, it's in Rick Wayne. In Rick Wayne's book, uh, Three More Reps, they've got Arnold's exact routine at the peak. And so I went through it. And Arnold, Franco, Robbie, Zane, they were all doing over 500 sets a week. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah, baby. Then I added up Dorian's, and yeah. he's doing like, I don't know, 70. Yeah, right, right. Right. So, anyway, that's, I just, I, you know, I, I thought that Dorian gave the bodybuilder permission to get away from that massive volume that they were doing to, to have a life really, because yeah, I mean, when, life, I, right? when I started, I was probably doing the same kind of volume. I'm like, my God, how do I ever continue this? Yeah. I'd like to get married one day, maybe have some kids <laughs> one day, but I can't do it with, with all these sets, you know, right. Well, and what's <laughs> funny or interesting is, is those guys that train like that, that train like Dorian were bigger and thicker. And yes. all the guys that train, you know, the Arnold. That's way. that's correct. They had a density to their muscle that was different. You know, that heavy you're weight. Correct. You're correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you're not. You didn't see graininess. Um, I think the graininess, of course, is genetic and whatever else is taken, <laughs> but also that way of training contributed to that. That, yeah, that I agree. Thick look that that Christmas tree in the back. That's deadlifts and bent over rows. You know. That's yes. Yeah. Yeah, but it's deadlifts and bent over rows, not with 185 pounds. 
No. no. Is your last set's 425 for a good set. <laughs> yeah. To me, the most the most classic line of you remember any of Dorian's um, videos yeah. when he walks up to the uh, barbell. I think it was loaded with maybe 405. He had four plates each side. He walks up. And as he's getting ready to lift, he goes, this would be heavy weight for a small, for a small woman. woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he reps out like 10 reps with four, yeah. with 405. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, um, you know, one of the things that you hear him talking about nowadays, too, is work ethic. And nobody wants to lift the heavy weights or go to failure or work hard. And it's like, yeah. So, so Rich, how has the work ethic kind of evolved from when you came up and we were all coming up to now? What do you see? I, I could you rephrase the question? I'm not so, quite sure I understand what you're asking. So back in the day, like when you started out, you were talking about like what monsters guys were, and there was no right. heating or air conditioning, and it you know everybody just seemed to be at a different level, a higher level level of toughness, and they just went yeah. in and and just kicked ass and tore it apart. Nowadays, I don't know. You look on uh, Instagram and you see bodybuilders and and some of the you know the pro bodybuilders i mean i rarely see them go to failure on doing a set of curls or whatever it just seems like a different work ethic i mean what do you see you're training people you have new people coming in uh is it hard to motivate people more nowadays do you think uh you know what do you see uh, no you know honestly i think in the third you know over 30 years that I've been doing this, um, it's still in, it still comes down. I think like Marty had mentioned the psychology of it all, uh, of the training mentality, you know, weight training is boring. It's, um, it's not rocket science. It's not fine. You know, fine motor skills. Um, you can learn to do a proper bicep curl, you know, in a matter of minutes. You can't learn a golf swing like that. You couldn't learn to swing a tennis racket like that, swing a baseball bat like that. So it doesn't have the same fine motor skills that are challenging. And because of that, there's a, I think, a sense of, you know, boredom that will creep into um, the, you know, the workout mentality that people are just, they'd rather, you know, stab, you know, stab their eyes out with forks than go in a gym and keep lifting weights. Right. So, which has created the niche for me because I am, a, again, a very positive, optimistic guy. My enthusiasm tends to seep out of me and affects the people that I'm training. So, therefore, I generate enthusiasm, excitement for them less, uh, less ways than what the case would be. Most of those people would quit training. Right. So... Oh. So I think I, I am supplying them with a lot of information, nutrition, you know, uh, information, training information, information that's really at the end of the day, not so important to them, but it helps, you know, with the explanation of why I'm doing something with them. Yeah. But mostly it's their gains are predicated on the fact that they've already paid me for it. And I tell them this. I said, you're not paying me at the end of the workout. You've already paid me for this workout. So if you don't show up, I'm still getting getting paid. So a lot of them don't want to sit there and say, whoa, I'm not going to show up for Rich. He charged me $120 an hour. 
and I still have to pay. So I better get my little bony ass in there and work out. So the driving, the truth be told, the driving force for a lot of the folks are financial. Yeah. They've made yeah. a financial commitment and then they come in. It Why isn't until like- probably eight weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks, 20 weeks go. later, they realize, wow, Rich, this yeah. really works. Yeah, yeah. I said, of course it does. It's consistency. I say consistency and persistence. You gotta be, you gotta be consistent. You yeah. gotta you gotta no one ever wants something by not showing up. You gotta show up. Right. And secondly, you can't go in, and I know you all have seen this. People go through the motion, they grab a barbell, and because they, they read somewhere, they should do three sets of 10 reps. They grab a barbell, they do three sets of 10, 10 reps with a 40-pound barbell. They never get anywhere close to muscle failure. Put the barbell <laughs> down, they go home, and in a couple of weeks they quit because I'm not making any gains. Right. Well, you don't know what you're doing. So for me, persistence is every time it gets a little bit easier for them. And I tell my clients this, it, it will never be easy for you because they always want to know, which yeah. when does this get, I've had clients go to me, which when does this get easier? I go, what? What are you talking uh, about? It's harder. So they go, well, Rich, I want to know when does this get easier? I said, this will never get easier. It's, it's relative it's intensity. Rich, well, it's called, r- rich, 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 rich. It's yeah. called resistance training, yeah. not non-resistance training. It's resistance training. Well, and I think the people that grew up, you know, we were always talking about how we started so early, and we just yes. one day, uh, one day, a switch flipped on, and we couldn't get enough of the weights. It's all we wanted to ever do. It's all we ever thought about. I think it's the guys like that that are willing to endure the pain way beyond what most other people are willing to do, but we're willing to do that to get to where we want to go. Yeah. Right. Um, You know, and I think that's, I think that's kind of what, uh, what Dorian was kind of hitting on is, uh, you know, less and less people have that passion. The ones that do, they're still in their busting ass and all and doing all that, but it's, it's harder and harder. And I think since, uh, you know, as we got through the 80s and 90s, I think uh, bodybuilding's been on the decline. I think people want to be, you know, more into, um, you know, martial yeah, arts and it, UFC stuff. And yeah, it's hard. I mean, you know, when we were coming up in the 80s, yeah, um, you know, that's all you could do. There wasn't physique and bikini and yeah. wellness. Right, and right, right. You want to get on stage, you're going to be a bodybuilder. So that cut cut yeah. the people that were not into it 100% out right away. Right. That you is know. correct. That is now correct. you can be a little less intense and diet not quite not quite as hard and and all that stuff. Back then you wouldn't get on stage, man. You're gonna be I, embarrassed. I won't work with anybody that doesn't burn for it. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. Yeah, that's you know, uh, yeah. I hear you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And yeah, like like all my people are. I mean, my people aren't obviously bodybuilders, you know, fitness athletes type of thing, but my folks are all in shape. And I, I go, why do you right. think that is? Because you, you, you know, you, and you understand, you got to come to the table with something. You, you know, you've got to, um, as as the expression goes, you, you got to have some skin in the game. Right. If you don't have any skin in the game, then there's no point. And these people know that you're gonna have some skin in the game here. You're gonna sweat in here. You're gonna, you're gonna hate me. I said, but at the end of the day, <clears throat> your clothes fit better. You are better. 
Your doctor's giving you a better, uh, you know, getting a better report. Your blood lipid profile is better. Everything's improving. Right. You're doing your cardio, you're doing nutrition, you're doing your weights. We're on, I'm on that whole approach all the time with them. It's real, it's relentless. I don't stop. And they feel so much better. Like within yes. the first yes. the first seven to ten days, they're they're like, This is magical. I can't believe how much better I feel. And yeah, well, we're yeah. De- we're detoxing you. Yeah, we're strength, we're strengthening you, we're getting you fit with your cardio, and you're getting a little endorphin buzz off the intensity of the weight training. That's another thing the submaximal guys never experience. They never experience the the hormonal tsunami, Rich. Afterwards. No, no. Afterwards. You know what? <laughs> Marty, I need to listen to the show just to get your terms, Marty. Your terminology. It's That's great, true. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, easy, 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 easy. I mean, you're killing me, Marty. And the muscular and mu- you know, muscle racism. Oh yeah. my God. Marty, I'm learning so much from you today. JP, Thank that's, how, Thank that's you, how Marty wants you to act like that. <laughs> oh, man. Whatever Marty wants, I'll do. No, that's not true. Rich, you know, I'm only 70 miles outside of D.C. Are you really? Yeah. Okay. We got to get together. We got to get together. We, you know, we do. We really do. I'm coming. I'm coming. All right, yeah. there you go. All right, all right. So now look. Um, yeah, Marty, we gotta meet for lunch, man. I gotta, you know. No, you you come up. You, you you come up here. I'm gonna serve you some burnt meat and some cabbage. <laughs> I'm on it. I'm there. And, and then we'll go to my eloquent home gym and train. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Take him to the Mennonite. Uh, the farm, get well, that fresh, fresh not in, meat. The nah, not on the first visit. Oh, not on the first date. Nah, <laughs> we got to make hey, sure let, this works out. Hey, let me ask you guys something real quick. How, how are we on time? How is everybody? You're I'm good on time, yeah. Jim, do you have I, to leave? I got to get my son at 2.55. So it's a 15-minute right. drive, 15 minutes. Okay. Can we get to something real quick? Um, and... Rich and I kind of emailed back and forth a little bit on this the other day, just that I thought would be very interesting to a lot of people that don't know this stuff and they don't realize it when you go. And this is kind of like how exercise and resistance training changes your, your blood panel. And I'll I'll tell you why I bring this up. Uh, So I get my blood work done all the time, you know, make sure everything's good. I'm 49 years old, make sure everything's checking out. And for years, the doctors and I've had numerous doctors and they're always like, why are your liver enzymes elevated? I'm like, I don't know. So the past few years I've, I've researched it. I've talked to Perillo. I've talked to, you know, numerous guys and they're like, ah, it's from training. I'm like, really? It's from training. I've had doctors have my liver send me for a liver scan and, you know, uh, look at all this other stuff because there's, there's markers on there on your enzyme test, like the ALT, the AST. Yeah. And my, yeah, it, yeah. Rich, my, my ALT is always elevated. And I look back and every time I get a blood test, it's after a, it's the next day after a hard day training, like legs or whatever. Right. So, okay. So how does, so 
because a lot of people don't know this, and I didn't know it till recently, but those numbers, the ALT, AST, uh, the, the bun, the blood urea nitrogen, yeah, blood, yeah, yeah. Is, is all elevated from resistance training for up to seven days after your, your last training session from, from, what I, uh, from what I gather and have researched. But why, why is that? What's going on? And is that's kind of an artificial spike of these enzymes so is that bad for you? Like, because, you know, you see these numbers and the doctor's like, hey, you might have some issue with your liver, but then if you stop training for a few days, these will go back to normal. But I want to know too, what's going on to, to change all that and, and elevate it. And are we actually doing ourselves harm by elevating these enzymes that much, albeit just from exercise and it's only temporary. If you right. want the if you want the answer, send one hundred and thirty dollars to Rich, and he'll. <laughs> <laughs> the, the short answer the, the short answer is, um, and every case is, indivi is is individual, of course, but liver enzymes. I'm not sure if you realize that, but they they have a level of elasticity. And what I mean by that is those numbers can go up 10 times what the normal range is. Yeah. And not until they reach numbers in the hundreds is there something to, to worry about. So if your, if your numbers that we're talking about of the liver enzymes are only 10, 15, 20 points above normal, yes. that is not any uh, cause for concern, to be honest. Right. And those will, and the numbers are typically transient based on um, again when you're working out in training you are and depending on what you're eating as well you know a lot of amino acids are being broken down and again everything is as i'm sure you know everything's being processed through the liver and when the liver works has to, when, when the liver is overworked then you see an increase in those that's why the numbers are high because the liver is being overworked the enzymes there's more enzymes that have to be secreted from the liver to break down whatever is there and has to be taken care of. So anything that's anything that's toxic to liver has to take care of. So that's where you see an increase in those numbers. Uh, unless I saw your blood work and saw the number, see what the numbers are, then I, I'm not so sure that I would have that kind of concern. Uh, yeah, it's just like you also said. Having, but having said that, I do preface that by saying, um, in all my years of training, even with, um, again, my supplementation pales in comparison to what's being done in, you know, in 2020, 2021 now. So it's hard to have a um, point of reference based on what I was doing in, in the 80s and 90s compared to what's done 20 years later. But right. having said that, all my blood work was, even in the midst of heavy supplementation, and, you know, balls of the wall training, uh, cardio twice a day, as Jimmy talked about. I'm a big advocate of that. Um, that li my liver enzymes were just, just rock solid, stable. And all my docs never once asked me, uh, you know, what are you doing with the supplementation to say, except one guy, um, a doctor who's, who was, again, very shrewd. And he was a, 
believe it or not, he was a cyclist. He was a major cyclist. And um, he just, his name's Marty. He would, he would pester me. I'd come in and see him and he goes, Rich, you know, you know, I'm your doc. You know, I could, you know, we could talk about anything. I go, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Is there anything you want to talk to me about? I go, no, not really. Is there any indication in my in my blood work or something that you 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 know you're concerned with? And understand, I was the same height as this guy at two at two sixty five. He was about one forty five. And he goes goes you know Rich, honestly, you know Rich, it's between you and I. I won't put it in your report. I won't put it in your files. I go really. I I mean seriously, you really on me about this? And I finally went to I said you know what. Is my blood work is my blood work abnormal? Anything wrong with my blood work? Anything that you're seeing? He goes, no, Rich, not at all. I said, okay, all right. Listen, if it's if we're being strictly confidential and you you're telling me the truth, then yeah, of course. You think someone gets someone five nine gets to be two sixty five, and it was ten percent body fat? Do you see people walking around like this? He goes, yeah, that's my point, Rich. I said, yeah, okay. So let's let's. I'll be honest with you. Of course, I'm using some supplementation. So, so my yeah. point being here with you is that there could be some transient changes in your liver enzymes. Typically, that's more due to supplementation, I'm going to be honest with you, than it is with training. There's not as much of a training effect as most people would think on hormonal levels, unless you're dehydrating yourself. You're dehydrating yourself, you can see a change in you know, kidney enzyme, your kidney enzymes actually, to be honest, kidney function, because hydration affects them more so than liver enzymes. But yeah. your liver enzymes, most times if you're overdoing the amount of protein you're eating, you're taking too many amino acids, uh, what have you, understand everything you put in your mouth goes through your liver, has to be right. worked through the liver. So yeah. you, my sense is you're over, you know, people are overworking their livers by, by overeating, taking too much protein in. Protein, the amino group, has to, as Marty will tell you, the amino group, the amino group, the NH3 amino group has to be stripped off the amino acid and cleaved several times before it can be digested and metabolized. The liver's doing that work. And by doing that work, you're, you're making the liver work harder, more enzymes are necessary, and therefore, end result, increased uh, numbers for your liver enzymes. Uh, so speaking I of, some, go ahead. Okay, sorry. So speaking of, of uh, protein intake, how many how many grams per pound of, of body weight would you recommend on a daily consumption for an avid weightlifter? One, I know people. I know people scoff at this and what have you. The basics that people say was 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. You know what? I'm gonna go. I, I I go to I go. I round it up to one gram per kilogram of body weight. Yeah. So it's not one gram per pound of body weight. Someone that weighs 250 does not need to be eating 250 grams of protein. It's ridiculous. Only you hear, in the, only you hear, the United you hear, States. You hear that? You hear that, JP? Oh, I don't think I've United ever heard States, it. In, yeah. People do that. So I, I don't think I've ever pounds, heard. Eat 125 grams of protein and you'll grow like crazy. Grow have you guys ever heard it too? That sorry, so have you guys ever ahead, no, Jim, Jim and Marty? Have you guys ever heard it uh, a gram per kilogram? I, I've always heard it as pound. Oh, I have. Yeah, have you? Yeah. 
Yeah, anybody that's been in science and nutrition classes, you look at the just, I mean, again, you need to look at the, I mean, th this isn't just giving you his opinion. I don't believe, yeah. again, I'll give you my opinion on some, some things if you yeah. ask me my opinion, but yeah. I don't think you ask me my opinion. I was giving you, I'm giving you facts right now. The right. fact, the facts are, look in the research data that if you, if you, and I, I always welcome people to do this. The biggest thing I have is, it, it, with, that's why I like to talk with Marty, is intellectual conversation where we could, we could disagree and then we have to fortify my conversation or my point with facts and Marty would fortify his, his point with facts. Yeah, we're not going we, to sit here and argue opinion. We can't no. argue opinion. So I'm giving you, if you go into the data, the research, look at the numbers, look at what the what nutrition actual nutrition research that's something and, someone's doing in a, on a bodybuilding website and, and and also who is benefiting from telling you that you need two grams of protein per pound of body weight again let's sell supplements yeah yeah the way yeah. Marty, great, Marty, great point yeah, Marty, yeah. Great point. yeah. Again, Mo money money great. money corrupts everything right, right exactly marty yeah you know what marty correct again Another reason why I need to hang out with Marty. He's got too many, he's well, got too many great points. Yeah. So I think the bottom line is uh, that, you know, the training uh, combined with high protein consumption can raise Mod these numbers. Moderate, moderate protein consumption. I think, yeah. I think what my, JB, my point would be right away, my suggestion, my first suggestion would be to cut back on the amount of protein you're eating and then get blood work done in six weeks. Yeah, yeah. And you because, may see a big change in keeping your training. Right. Let's not train. Let's not change so many variables here. Let's just change a variable with the amount of protein you're eating. Yeah. And then, you no, know, I, then, I, then I agree with you. Done. Yeah, that's good. I agree with you. And, you know, uh, about two times ago, about two tests ago, uh, two blood panels ago, uh, my readings were totally fine. And come to think of it, I hadn't trained in about three days. So everything had had a chance to settle down a little bit, but I am going to look into the. I do tend to consume too much protein. It's like every two or three hours, I'm like you know 40, 50 grams. And I'm up at you know, you know again. You know how much that's taxing your liver? Just crazy. It's yeah, just, yeah. But my point, not again, not my point of view. Science, from the science point of view, you just you you just overworking your body, your metabolism, your your liver by having th those organs having to now take those those proteins, break them down to amino acids, yeah. strip off the amino group, the, the NH3 group off of that molecule. So now it can now it can be metabolized and, and, and move then, the arm. Yeah, and, and then that's a lot. You're, you're asking if I do it hours later. Work. Yeah, yeah. And then well, you do it again. Yeah. I'm going to do, I'm going to take your, your advice. I'm going to do exactly what you said, a gram per kilogram. I'm going to try that yeah. and see how that works. Uh, because I, I agree, you know, I tend to overdo it. You know, I'm out there training my ass off and I come in and go, well, you know, I, I got to make sure I'm feeding myself properly. You know, I tend to overdo stuff like that, but um, you know, just to, just to cover all my bases and make sure that I'm uh, doing everything I'm supposed to, to be doing, but it's easy to get, it's easy to get carried away. For it's sure. like, For sure. it's like the guys that, you know, Marty's always saying, well, you know, I, I deal with people that I've got to actually rein back. I've got to pull them back because they're so fired up to get going. That's, you know, that's how I, that am. is so, correct. 
That is correct. So anyway, all right. Yeah, I just I wanted to throw that in, but no, that's a good point. That's, and, uh, you you've asked you asked a great question. But we should make the point question. that if your if your numbers are elevated, don't just assume it's because of protein or exercise. Talk with your doctor about it. I mean, it could be could be something. It could be an actual problem. So that is correct. You know, that so. is correct. I always prefer to the MDs. But, you know, right. go talk to the MDs. See what they exactly. say. You know, get a really good, get a good MD. You know, guy who's sports related. Yeah, if you can get one that's um, lifted weights before. Yeah, someone who's work, someone who works out. But again, <laughs> even in my case, the guy was a cyclist, and he knew. So yeah. again, there 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 aren't probably a bigger group of athletes uh, than cyclists who do incredible amounts of <laughs> uh, illicit supplementation. So obviously he knew himself. Rich, yes. Can we get you one for a part two? Yes, let's oh, do for it. sure. Yeah, we need I, you I, for sure. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's good. Well, let's well, let's yeah, let's do that. Rich and I will get together on that. We'll figure that out. Maybe in the next yeah. uh, month or yeah. two or so. Yeah. Whenever you, you, he's free. you could ask me too. I mean, it doesn't have to be just you and Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Always Marty. Always Marty. <laughs> All right, listen, so we we better end it there. Uh, okay. Rich, what do you got going on right now? Your website is richstrongbody.com. We can yes, see you correct. there. And so you're doing personal training. You're doing online training. You're doing yep. all sorts of stuff on there. Is there any social media channels you want to give out or anything? You know, I'm not a real big social media guy. As Jim would tell you, you know, you can't – and my daughter will tell you. She's uh, – no one is more old school than I am. Just barbells, dumbbells, well, you know, Whole Foods. I'm a simple guy. Yeah. So I don't. Um, you want to know something? You know, pick up the phone, Jim. As Jim said to you, you want to talk to Rich? Pick up the phone and call me. You know, you know, send Rich a text and hey, Rich, hey, Rich, what are you doing? You know, can I give you a call? Yeah, let's do that. I mean, that's refreshing. So yet, yet we're doing everything nowadays. You're, there's no contact at all. So you're so, just call me. Yeah. If somebody wants to have online training with you or consultation, they go to Rich Strong Strong Body. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just and you can put my, you know, you want to people can you know put my cell you use my cell number as well, my mobile mobile number to send me a text. I'm fine with that. Um, I don't I, truth truth be told. You know, people can leave me messages on it. I don't answer a phone number I don't recognize. Right. But if someone sends me a legitimate message on the phone, then I would. Then of course, I'm, I res, I respond to every message, every email that I get. I not uh, I don't slough people off and and do that kind of thing. So no. people make the effort to call me. I make the effort to return that all and all the time. Jimmy will tell you that. So. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Well, very good. The other thing we'd like to say is uh, check out Marty's weekly column, Raw with Marty Gallagher at ironcompany.com. Okay, if okay. If, if Rich, you and your friends, anybody else, if they're in need of uh, gym equipment, rubber flooring, free weights, strength equipment, go to ironcompany.com. We've got all kinds of stuff in stock right now. Tons of okay. bumper plates. Tons of bumper plates in stock, uh, urethane weight plates, Olympic bars. Okay, okay. All kinds of good stuff. Uh, if you'd like to check out Jim Steele's articles, we just put one up. It's called Shortcuts for Getting Bigger and Stronger. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was, that was okay. fun to write. I like that one. I like that one. Okay. Yeah. It's Jim. It's kind of like the the stuff that you're reflecting on and the some of the mistakes you used to make. Yeah. But way back in the early days, like we all do. Yeah. And, uh, you're just kind of giving people a heads up in the beginning not to do the same things right. that you did. You know, like don't max every day, right, Rich? That's what right. kids do. They want to max every day. Yeah. I want to max every day. Right. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. All right. And finally, if you're seeking radical physical transformation, you could either uh, get a hold of Rich, like we just said, or you can uh, contact Marty at Marty at ironcompany.com or Jim at Jim at ironcompany.com. But uh, other yeah, than that, part two. part two would be great. Yeah. Part two, Rich. Thank you very much for coming out and spending time with us. We learned great a lot. Stuff, it was good news. No, thank good you. News. No, thank you guys for actually yeah. inviting me. I'm, I'm humbled by the fact that you actually felt I had some information that would actually be viable and important to someone else out there besides just Whoa, we're Jimmy humbled Marty that you, and myself. We're humbled that you agreed to come on. And I, 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 I think it's great. I had a, I had a great, <laughs> I can't think of a better Friday afternoon that I spent in a while. In a while Love it. Talking with you guys right now. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Richie. We'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Rich. All right, bye. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.